everyone. This is Manisha. Um, I'm the founder of Soul Sante Cafe. Soul Sante Cafe is six months old. Um, I myself am a Dubai kid, so I'm not six months old. Um, I work as a part-time health coach. I'm also, I also come from the background of a chef, so I studied in Switzerland. And then I got my business degree from Boston and Pennsylvania. And then I came back here and uh, started this lovely space. Very cool. So what, what made you start Soul Santa? Um, so being a health coach, obviously, as I was uh, telling uh, Hita earlier, that um, I was always looking for healthier options, like when I went out. Because eating at home is easy, as you know. And uh, wherever you went out to eat healthy, it was very like boring and bland. So some brands, they did meal plans, and it was really boring. Like There was no flavor. And uh, also, it was hard to find something that was vegan or vegetarian and gluten-free, but not as carb-heavy. Um, so as I kept searching, I first actually, the idea was to open just a dessert place because I'm a pastry chef. It was just supposed to be desserts, but healthy desserts. And then I was like, okay, but what about the rest of the food, you know? Um, hence came about this concept. And it's really, I just wanted to create a space where everyone felt like they could just chill, hang out, work from, and eat whatever they wanted without being guilty. And, you know, uh, or going home hungry. And then eventually grabbing something small, like, um, on their way home. So this was the perfect space um, where, you know, you could just spend your day and eat whatever you wanted. Cool. So you, you mentioned that as well. You're, you're a health coach. So I guess that influenced some of the recipes in, in a way, right? So Definitely. All the recipes are calorie counted, macro intensive being um, try to be more high in protein or have more protein in it to obviously fight the myth that vegan food doesn't have protein i'm sure we hear that a lot well way too much yeah i mean people don't do their research i mean we just have to sit and explain to them okay uh, this is not true and protein is available readily available in many plants you just have to look for it yeah no and i think the other thing you mentioned which is very correct as well a lot of people think that if you're going vegan or stuff like it's become it's it's going to become very carb heavy because a lot of places that's what they would do right they they don't actually replace things well. They just kind of take things out. They're like, eh, we'll give you bread with that. Or, you know, things like that. And like, I don't want to eat a sandwich. How that's so boring. No offense to people who like sandwiches, but I don't. So so tell us more about the food. Like, what, what is the kind of stuff you serve? I mean, uh, how did you, or rather, let's, let's take a step back. Like, how did you go about, like, putting together the menu? Um, was it just stuff that you were recommending to people and then you were like, let's figure out a way to serve it? Or was it more... Most of the stuff is stuff I would eat myself. This is things I eat all the time myself. I mean, when I'm at home, I would make this or I would ask whoever's at home to help me prepare this, be it the cook, my mom. And uh, my mom actually influenced a lot of the cooking because uh, her having moved from India to Dubai, she got you know, she goes out a lot. You socialize. Um, I mean, people like us, at least one meal is of like the week is outside. You're always socializing, be it for drinks. And it's basically 
food that would I normally go out to a restaurant and eat, you know, for example, like tacos. It's American fast food right now. Um, in America, obviously, option, the vegan options are much larger than anywhere else, which is amazing. I really respect and value that. So basic, basic stuff like tacos, sliders, pizza, avocado toast, because everyone loves avocado toast. I don't know what the fad with avocado toast is. I don't either, actually. To be s- I mean, I think it's just one of those, uh, like, like it happens a lot. You can just, there you go. You can sit away. You don't have to sit that close. It's fine. Um, no, it's, I think it's one of those things, right? Avocado became a superfood at some point, And then everybody's like, oh, now we have to eat avocados because that's good fat. and Which is true, but it's just one of those things that, like, it's like the... Even chia, like chia seeds came and went, but avocado toast is still around. Yeah, because people love avocados. Any excuse to eat avocados? Um, and they're really tasty, obviously. Um, so basic stuff like avocados. Um, then we did like a little bit of flair. So we have cauliflower gratin. You would normally not associate cauliflower being like tasty or creamy. And um, stuff like a pizza. We make everything from scratch at home. So the concept was that it's try to make it homemade, but restaurant style, which means like it's tasty and everything is made from scratch. Um, Really a lot of thought was put into the ingredients. So we try to source locally as much as possible to reduce carbon footprint. It's a 90% sustainable cafe. So that means we try to completely eradicate the use of plastic, except for stuff like storage or, um, you know, anything to wrap. But it's it's like 90% sustainable. We use uh, plant-based straws. Um, Our cups are plant-based. Everything is, um, you know, it can be biodegradable. And um, really trying to push that agenda on people that you can have like a nice beautiful space without having to like you know use and throw everything sure you mentioned the locally sourced aspect of it uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that too cuz i think um, it is it is a little bit of a misconception here but also at the same time i think there's some merit to it uh, about the fact that people think that you can't get everything here of course we we have seen a rise of farmers markets and things where you now kind of it's easier to connect with farmers where producing but uh, do you get everything local and and how did you go about like sourcing that yeah so obviously it's hard to get everything locally like for example avocados you can't get locally um very hard um because of the climate um but then there's an option of trying to get them closer to you than further away so uh Haas avocados are from mexico um for them to come here will take 18 hours as opposed to if i got avocados from australia they'll come here in seven hours so the carbon footprint is much smaller and the avocados taste pretty much the same. Um, so try to be um, locally sourced because one, it definitely reduces costs. Obviously, people are, I feel like people aren't looking into that aspect and that's why they feel like it's expensive. But if you work with the supplier that's local and you explain to him, I'm like, look, I don't want this. Just try to, you know, and if you, uh, if you come from an industry where you've been in it, for a long time so my father also is a serial entrepreneur so I have I had a lot of help from him so I use that as leverage so basically you're going to supply be like look I'm not going to get your products if you're not going to try and give me 80 percent 
locally sourced products. I don't want to use you. I'll use someone else. And that really gives you like a good leverage. And then the supplier goes out of his way and gets you locally sourced produce. Um, the reason they don't want to give you locally sourced produce is their margins are much lower on that. Um, but if you go directly to the farmer from farmer's market, then you can get a larger variety as well. Um, yeah, and the produce is much more fresher. You can order smaller quantities instead of larger ones. Um, you're in control of the taste. Um, I actually really like the flavor profile locally much more um, because, like, like say, for example, we take radishes. The ones we get from Holland are actually like really subtle in taste, so everyone could eat them. But the one you get locally are very harsh, very sharp really hard to eat but it's I feel like it's the onus the chef you know to take it upon him and be like okay um it's okay if the product tastes slightly different that means I just have to alter my dish a little bit but I might as well use this it's cheaper readily available um I think it gives a larger uh well-rounded flavor profile sure and uh, and have you run into some issues with that? I mean, in terms of like, let's say, when you were trying to conceive of the menu and trying to put that together and realizing that something wasn't locally available. I mean, outside of avocados, of course, uh, but uh, but some things. Are, did you run into issues? Did you have to alter your menu to kind of cater to this trying to be local, or was it was it not not I so mean much of an issue? Yeah, like most of the time. And then at the end of the day, if I can't find it, I definitely have to get it from outside because of our climate. As you know, it's really hard to grow certain vegetables. Uh, for example, I can't get jackfruit locally. It always comes from outside, which is fine. Um, and it's a great product. Um, but you have options of where to get it from. There's jackfruit from India and there's jackfruit from Thailand. It's really your choice of how much of an impact or how much of a carbon footprint you want to create, you know? And I really believe, truly believe that every like small percent makes a difference, you know? So if you're trying to push this agenda out onto people, it really helps, um, I feel like people take notice and uh, uh, obviously helps the environment a lot more. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the response you've seen now. You've been around for six months, right? So um, do you feel like people, or do you find that people come here more so for, oh, here's another, let's say, vegan or healthy option that we can do? Or does does the other aspects of it also come into play a lot in terms of saying, oh, I want to go here because they're more sustainable than the other places or they don't use plastic or what, whatever that might be? Do you, do you hear that kind of response as well? Um, I feel like uh, once they're here, then uh, it's most like word of mouth. So if they realize that we're sustainable, then they recommend it to more people and they, the, the return rate is higher, you know, because people would love to try the new places and we're still fairly new. So people love trying new places, but once they realize that we're sustainable, then they come back more often. Definitely, um, I think they respect the brand a lot more than other brands. You know, um, there are many brands around here where it's just use and throw and just trying to make everything look pretty. But we're trying to make it a 360 degree approach, and um, people respect that. So people do come here. They're like, oh, it's a vegan cafe or it's a gluten free cafe. Um, great coffee or somewhere they can work from. But then when they realize all these things, then they'll come back more often. So that has helped sure. in the return rate. Uh, and, and in terms of uh, your own, uh, in terms of, so I want to talk a little bit about uh, the sustainability of the business as well, right? So one of the things that we see, uh, Dubai's F&B culture 
is its own like kind of animal, right? Like we do see a lot of churn in terms of restaurants and all of that also. Um, so what is, from a business standpoint, what have you seen over the last six months? Do you feel like this is something? Because the context for me is that I think a lo- there are a lot of new places coming up now that are, if even if they're not 100% vegan or vegetarian, they're still a large portion. Um, but we've only seen maybe a couple of them that have really survived long enough. The rest of them kind of come and go or or the ideas come and go and then the menu changes and everything goes back to normal. Um, so what's been your sort of take on that, like considering what you've seen over the last six months? Um, so actually there was a survey from Zomato last year in 2018 itself. In the beginning, 1,000 restaurants opened and by the end of it, 600 shut down. So it definitely, F&B industry is really scary. Um, and Dubai, the market right now, I mean, everyone's gearing up for the expo, of course. But still, the market's not that amazing, we'll be honest. Even the real estate-wise, it's not that great. It's only a buyer's market. So um, it, it it is a little daunting sometimes, but I feel like also, coming from my MBA, what we learned is if you have like a sound business plan, you have a fallback plan also. If push comes to shove, what are you gonna do? Um, if you have a good strategy, all of these will come into play and it will help you know, sustain your business in the long run. I truly believe that. You know when restaurants open and they keep changing their menu, trying to cater to different markets, I'm like, okay, but what was your initial market segment? Who were you trying to attract? Who is your original audience? And are there enough of these? Um, obviously, when I opened the vegan cafe, um, well, I knew what I was doing because I was reading a lot of articles from the year before. And even towards the end of that year, all the athletes, everybody was starting to invest in vegan-related or sustainable products. Um, that is the future. And we were trying to save the environment. People who are jumping on the bandwagon earlier have the opportunity to um, you know, um, pave the way for others or even have a strong brand guideline. Okay, this was us from the beginning. Um, you know, we were here for you, serving you in the right way possible. And I feel like um, I'm, a, I'm a customer too. So as a customer, I really value that, you know, um, uh, you know someone who has a strong presence knows what they're doing uh, so hopefully uh, the customers other customers see that as well and uh, let's see how the market uh, responds um, so far the response has been great obviously um, business is still a lot more picking up to do which is just yeah, which with is any other restaurant yeah which is normal for you've been around six months not like six years and you're kind of like re-looking at the strategy um, so that's interesting uh, you also mentioned you you make everything here. So that does that include all the the cheese kind of stuff that you do? Do you make that here as well, or do you do you buy Correct, that? Yeah, we make everything. Nothing is bought from outside except for like obviously nut milk because that takes really long. But everything is made here. Every single thing, even the cheese. We don't use uh, other people use cashew cheese. We don't use that actually. We use cauliflower cheese, which is way better for you, lower in fat content. Um, people who have a uh, cholesterol shouldn't be eating too many cashew nuts. It's really high in fat. So this cheese is great. Also, people who have cholesterol in general shouldn't be eating cheese in any ways. So this is a really good alternative for them. Um, I guess the thing is also 
that uh, people just need to know about. It's just about awareness, and awareness comes slowly and stuff. There's so much information that the cafe is trying to give out in general as a brand. Um, there's so many reasonings behind it. So that takes time too, I believe. Uh, so the, the cauliflower cheese and cauliflower cream that you're, you're using, um, since it's an in-house recipe, and it's not something that's very common, as you said, um, is that something you are looking to sort of package and sell as well as, a, as its own product? Yeah, definitely. I've already sold that to a couple of people uh, by request. Um, retail is definitely a good space to look at in the near future. We already sell or trying to sell a lot of like our other products, like, for example, our keto bread or our protein chocolates. Um, you don't find them these two products at a lot of places. So obviously, near future opportunity would be to try and make it more accessible to others. So maybe sell at other gyms or online, for example, and people can just buy those instead of coming here and eating a full meal. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your journey now, mm-hmm. sort of before all this began. So uh, when did you sort of change yourself to this kind of a lifestyle and, and sort of what brought it on for you? Yeah, it's definitely hard, obviously. It's not easy, but um, if you're eating at home, I believe it's completely doable. Um, especially, I feel like, in order to be plant-based or anything healthy. Um, most athletes as well, they prefer eating at home. So I turned vegetarian when I was 12, actually. Uh, my family wasn't vegetarian either. And uh, I, myself alone, being a 12-year-old, was walking down the street and I walked into a butcher shop, just being curious cat. And I just stood there watching everything as everything took place. And uh, if it was another kid, I feel like he would just leave, you know? And I was requesting the butcher to stop. I mean, obviously, why would he listen to me? (laughs) I'm just a 12-year-old. But um, so I watched the whole thing, and I was like, oh. And everything that happened resonated with me. It's a little gory to go into details. But everything that happened resonated with me. And I actually thought about it for one whole week. My life went on the same for the whole week. But my conscience, I was obviously thinking about it the whole week. I'm like, okay, maybe I should do something about this, you know? Or maybe I should take a stand. Obviously, everyone says, oh, what difference is one person becoming vegetarian going to make? I'm like, okay, well, slow slow and steady wins the race, you know? So one week later, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done now. And uh, that's, that was it for me. Um, I still ate dairy because uh, my background is obviously being a Hindu family. So we use a lot of dairy at home. But was that, uh, you, when you sort of announced as a 12-year-old that, like, that's it, I'm, I'm done with meat, I don't want to eat that. What, what was that like? I mean, For my parents, yeah. For yeah. My, for Even family. for school, it was really hard. Um, so my parents, luckily, a year before that, my dad had already turned vegetarian. So he was a little supportive. But everybody else is like, oh, you won't grow. You're not going to, a lot of things came up. You're not going to grow tall. I'm like, okay, I, I don't understand this. How is this related? I think everyone should know that being tall is related to genetics. That's it. It's really nothing else. I played a lot of sports. It really didn't help my height. So it's not about that. It's honestly about, um, you know, how strong-willed you are. And your parents, obviously, they know what's best for you, but sometimes you need to educate them as well. Um, and my father was very supportive. So it took one whole year of convincing them to stop trying to convince me. 
So that took one year while I was not eating. And after that, they were very supportive. Right now, present day, my whole family is vegetarian. And then around last year, when I was trying to conceptualize, uh, I used to work at Unilever, actually. And uh, I was working on this brand and thinking, okay, what's the next step? Because corporate life was not as great as people imagine it to be. And um, at that time, I was like, okay, let me try this first before I'm like asking others to do it. So I started with basic experimenting at home. Um, you know, um, usually I used to bake at home or I used to menu design for my dad's other restaurant. So I try to use all these dishes, but without the dairy aspect, because that was the only thing that was missing. And I realized it really wasn't that hard. Um, it was, um, I feel like uh, dairy is um, like a unnecessary, like it's like a fat, basically. You're just adding, like bogging down. Um, it made me really sleepy also. So basically why I became vegan from vegetarian was purely for health reasons, not for anything else. It's much healthier choice if you're a vegetarian. I definitely recommend that because as an athlete also, my performance level from vegetarian to vegan was much higher, uh, much easier to wake up in the mornings because I wake up 5.30, 6 in the morning. It's really hard, as you can imagine. Regardless of how many times you do it in life, it's tough to wake up early in the morning. Um, because it's dark outside like right now it's winter time and it's dark like you know you're like why am I awake but when I stopped the dairy I was le less lethargic um, definitely easier to lose weight if you're cutting out the carbs also obviously and um, and it, it worked really well and um, then I started experimenting with a few more dishes and I was like okay this is perfect um, the next step was obviously again the family so it took like one, two months to explain to them, okay, like I'm not eating cheese. Please don't, <laughs> please, I suggest to not make these. And it's tempting, I'll be honest, it is tempting. Um, but you know, it's just about your will and whether you're enjoying the other food that you're making. I think that uh, then it's more about like, okay, then it's easier to follow through. If you're enjoying what you're eating, then there's no issues. It's different if you're eating a depressing meal plan from some of these places I'd rather not name. Uh, but, <laughs> well, I can. <laughs> no, but I know what you mean because it's, uh, and this is again the same every, every time, like uh, we're in a group of, I mean, now my friends are kind of used to meet, they, they, they just pretend like it do, it's not happening in a corner. But but that's what happens, right? They, they sort of wonder, they're like, well, what do you eat? Like, do you just eat salads all day? Like, uh, there's nothing fun to eat that's vegan, right? Uh, thankfully, it's changing a lot just generally in the city, but but it's just that that's what people kind of assume, that it's boring food. Or yeah, I think this Beyond Burger helped a lot for a lot of other people. Yeah, for people that, uh, that need the meat. Regardless of what yeah. it tastes like, I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, I just feel like it's, it's really helped um, push people become more plant-based, and it tastes great. I literally went to a barbecue last week in the desert, and eight of us were plant-based, two were not. But we only brought Beyond Burgers, so they really had no choice. <laughs> so we left those people with no choice, and um, it was fine. Uh, no one complained. Uh, they were perfectly fine, and they were actually really full, and I don't think they went home and had another meal. 
I'm pretty sure they did. But it's it's also it's also interesting, right? Like some I I have seen people do that to vegetarians the other way around. Uh, not not recently, but many many years ago, where they'd be like, "Haha, guess what? Like you had like there was something in this." That That's like so thing. horrible. Yeah, I've thought, I've, I know I've seen kids do that. Yeah, sometimes people are like, "Hey, you." I mean, as a kid, it was real. Oh, so going back to when I was a kid and I turned vegetarian, there were some really hor- like big horror stories because honestly, they're kids. They know, don't know any better. So let's say my Asian friend, she was sitting next to me and she was eating something else, but she didn't know that it would offend me, you know? But she would like wave it in my face or try to put it near me and uh, I obviously was upset about this. Definitely not friends with them anymore. But um, they don't know. They're kids and I feel like uh, now news is more accessible to kids. They're aware. TV, they're more aware. Back in the day, most kids were just watching cartoons. Now kids watch a lot of different things. You know, there's they always say there's a downside to everything. I'm like, okay, but like let's look at the positives. They have YouTube, and it's really educational. Um, so no more will any other, you know, let's say plant-based or vegetarian kid be in school and feel ashamed or even be bullied just for being plant-based. You know, I really, uh, that's a good thing that's happening right now in the society. So I value that. Helpful in others' journeys. Um, so you mentioned as well. So you kind of turned vegan entirely on the uh, more for health reasons than anything else. You were kind of cutting it out. Uh, when when you started looking at this was about a year ago. You said, yeah. yeah. So uh, when you were looking at Soul Sunday, it was already going to always going to be a, a vegan thing. Yeah, always going to be vegan from the start. Regardless if I wasn't, it the brand was always going to be vegan. Um, Obviously, I was expecting the brand to change me also, you know? Just like I expect the brand to change others right now. So definitely, like, my journey was related to the brand. Um, I feel like, I mean, before that, before I was going to start, I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be plant-based. This is just pathetic. Why would I ever leave dairy? But once you leave it and you try it out, it's like with any, it's like when you're testing allergies on yourself instead of going to the doctor. So intolerances. That's how you test them. Whether or not you're intolerant to something is what you do is you stop it for three weeks and then you eat like one meal with it. And, you know, and it's like a controlled experiment. And then you'll f- your stomach, your gut usually tells you whether or not it's okay for you. So same way I did it to myself. And it was perfectly fine. It was great. Actually, in Ayurveda also, I had an Ayurvedic doctor who I was going to last year. Before I want to turn plant-based, he was forcing me to be plant-based. So I was like getting a little annoyed at him. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm already vegetarian. What's this? He's like, did I say that? I said, vegan. I was like, okay. So apparently it's really good for your nerves um, on your back, nerve endings um, and muscles. Um, the dairy causes some inflammation for most people. Most mammals, they say. Are. So for most people, it causes inflammation. So if you stop the dairy and you see what happens in that month, then you will really, uh, you know. So that's what how I first started, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I, am, I was, But then I tried it again, and it really helped. Um, definitely in better shape now. Uh, so as an athlete, you should definitely look into that. Most athletes are looking into not eating dairy at all nowadays because it's so processed. No, but I have the same problem. Uh I'm not. I'm not intolerant to dairy, obviously, but uh, but now my body kind of doesn't enjoy it much. So especially certain kinds. I know sometimes it's in the food, and 
your control is only so much but uh, but i like a lot of times i'll be out and the person will be like no 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 we don't use any dairy da, da, da. and then like you eat it and the next morning you're kind of like yeah that didn't sit well with me and you know that it's it probably had some yeah, kind um, of processed dairy and you your know. gut is the best um they said 80 percent of the cortisol levels in your body are caused from your gut so anything that your stomach is telling you is not good for you is right yeah yeah yeah. we did actually a workshop on this last week so definitely listen to your gut it's going to tell you a lot of things and especially like if you're trying to be plant-based i was speaking to someone else about this i said just try it out i'm not asking you to become vegan i'm asking you to do a controlled experiment and see how you react okay yeah you've been talking about like an athlete for quite some time so let's talk about like the game changers because that was our previous episode as well um where we kind of just talked about kind of what we felt after watching the uh, watching the documentary like uh, what are your thoughts i'm curious the documentary is made really well let's just say that like made really well actually i was watching it i said to my friend i said i'm only gonna watch it if you watch it with me he's obviously not plant-based it worked as long as uh, their message is th- the aim of the documentary is one because um, all these celebrities has, have invested in plant-based products, so one is to increase the sales, obviously, which it did, and two is to showcase only the benefits. Um, I met a lot of other people who are like, okay, it was only benefits; it didn't show the other side. I'm like, okay, whatever, I don't care. Um, uh, I don't care about your opinion right now because it achieved something. Uh, my friend who I was watching it with um, became like mostly vegan and he, now he's only pescatarian, which is still a big deal. Red meat is a complete no-no for me f- as on, from the perspective of a health coach. So if I have a client, I can't say, oh, become vegan. I can't say that. It's not gonna make me a lot of money. He's gonna be like, she's really biased. But what it, what it did was cut out a lot of red meat Red meat is not good anyways. And um, for everybody, everyone I know who watch Game Changers became vegan for at least a month. It's a big deal. I feel like um, it's a good documentary. I would recommend it all the time. Uh, And you know, when you have celebrity endorsements, people believe them. You know, people don't believe like just anyone. People believe people who look great. No, and athletes as well, right? Yeah, so, I mean, the, 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 I think the one good thing that they did was there was some historical context to athletes like Carl Lewis and so on, um, you know, who'd done it for so long, but it was never, like, the main focus of the story, right? It was always like, oh, Carl Lewis, this amazing runner, and nobody ever nobody ever had a second conversation with like, hey, by the way, did you know he was plant-based? Which now, of course, is a big focus. Yeah, and also they did the strong man, the, the guy, and also we c- I come from, like... I, I'm a CrossFit athlete, so, you know, at the gym and whatever. So people always are like, okay, let's see performance-wise how you perform. And that really reiterated the fact that, you know, your performance doesn't go down. In fact, you are more agile, so you can do a lot more than you did before. And there was this one athlete who always says that the human body is, like, limitless. You can do whatever you put your mind to. So if you really believe that, okay this is going to help me, it's going to help you. It's really not about, at the end of the day, it's not about, oh my God, like I'm not getting the proper nutrition. It's like, okay, focus on what you want. That's what athletes do, right? They're very focused. So focus on what you want and sh- I'm sure you get the results you need. You know? 
No, I find it funny because a lot of documentaries, actually, if you see, like, of course the documentary was going to showcase all the benefits. Like, what were you expecting? Like, with the documentaries that we had about, like, uh, hunting back in the day, like, wh- wh- what do you think they were doing over there? Like, I- it's kind of one of those things, right? The documentary is with made with a purpose, and obviously it's going to showcase that yeah, purpose, Yeah, just right? like, so um, what was that one? Uh, Super Size Me, okay? Is the documentaries that when he eats McDonald's, he becomes really big. Okay, what, like, what... Wh- what else do you expect from the don? Is he supposed to eat what Pizza Hut, or is he supposed to eat salads? No, the documentary was about him eating McDonald's every day, and becoming supersized. That's it. Why are people saying, "Well, where's the other side?" I'm like, okay, so watch another documentary. <laughs> you know? No, but that uh, that was the, that was the biggest uh, sort of opposition to that documentary was just like, well, nobody eats McDonald's every day, so it's not realistic. Yeah, because and it's I'm a like, controlled well, that, 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 experiment. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah, is there another side? Because you mentioned that, like, what about the other side? So people did come to me and they said, okay, like, I'm like, okay, that's only for people who follow double diets. So, for example, someone who says, hi, I'm going to be paleo. You can't be paleo and vegan at the same time. Paleo is a hunter-gatherer diet. You cannot have legumes. We get 80% of our protein from legumes, okay? You can't have peanuts. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, so that's paleo. That works for some people. It doesn't work for others. So you can't be paleo and vegan at the same time. Then there was another one that says, so double diets don't work. Uh, So you can't be, it's really hard to be keto and vegan. That is the toughest thing ever because keto is really high in fat. And most high in fat things are from cheese. And if you go high in fat from other things, then your calorie count goes up, then your carb count goes up. Okay, fine, but who told you to do this double diet? We're focusing on one, and we're focusing on being healthy and getting results and staying under the calorie limit. Uh, as long as you can do that, um, you know, it's a good diet. Um, most people nowadays follow that. People aren't. People who follow keto nowadays, they're mainly doing it to lose weight. Um, most, 80% of the athletes or actually 70, don't follow keto because it doesn't give them the results they need. Um, so it's on you. The, again, I said this before, the onus is on you. So you can't, exp- that's what he was saying. He's like, uh, they didn't show the other side. I'm like, okay, what, what do you eat? He's like, hi, I'm keto. I'm like, okay, then why are you like, this is a controlled experiment again. You know, as soon as you add another variable, it's not the, an experiment anymore. Correct. Uh, just for context, can you tell us about, because you said you studied nutrition. Uh, so where did you study nutrition and what exactly did you study? Yeah. So actually, it was a couple of years back, I think 2014 or 2013, my trainer pushed me to uh, do my personal trainer assessment. So I'm a personal trainer. I'm also CrossFit certified. And then in around 2016, I studied integrative nutrition. It's online and that's the school also and uh, it was a one-year program and it's really great because what it did was we covered all of these diets we covered um, how people's bodies react so and you know the basics of nutrition Um, so it really helps when um, you know you're trying to coach your clients Um, so I'm a health coach I'm not like a dietitian you know so I won't be like, uh, if you have a heart disease, I can't you know, recommend that because then you're with a doctor. So for me, it's like, okay, I guide you to a better nutritional lifestyle 
and uh, what we did there was also like about primary and secondary food you know where it's not just about food it's about your lifestyle so that's where the health coach comes in so that was all of my training and it really helped with what I work in day to day today um, so I still have a few clients I work with um, in the mornings or evenings whenever I'm not at the cafe or working on the cafe and uh, this is just a side question but you, you mentioned the training program and stuff I'm curious like when, when you look at these training programs like whether the one you did or maybe you speak to other nutritionists uh, do you see a lot of emphasis coming out now about following a plant-based diet towards better nutrition or is that something that is still a bit um, um, so what really cool about uh, this is the cool thing about that movies people and education education is uh, objective not subjective movies documentaries people their opinions are subjective so yeah um, in my course also we did speak about veganism and basic facts it's facts it's not detrimental effects like what <laughs> it's not detrimental effects it's just facts okay if you eat this this is what happens just be careful of how much protein where does the protein come from by the way protein comes from mainly it i was suggesting this to most of my clients if you eat anything dark green one it's really beneficial to you because there's iron everything you'll never be iron deficient and two it does have a lot of higher protein content so yeah um uh, except for i don't think i don't know about the personal training co courses that still the gyms have to catch on gyms are still lagging any courses that the trainers or gyms are giving are still lagging but definitely nutritional nutrition wise um, everything is very objective so they do cover veganism it's really your choice as a student or a future educator of what you want to promote or follow uh, people are covering it a lot more and a lot more of these uh, actually a lot of the educators from my course uh, were vegan themselves like almost like 60% were vegan and the others were like they're like flexible so it depends on their goal for the month or the year and what they're trying to achieve which is fair like each to his own tell us like what is the one thing on the menu you really like and then what is the one thing on the menu you think most customers come back for my favorite is, well, I like desserts. I'm a pastry chef, and so I really enjoy those. Um, one of the things I really like is the peanut butter cup. It's my take on a Reese's cup, because Reese's cup is really high on calorie. You have no idea what's in it. It just tastes like sugar and peanut butter. So this is my favorite dish. Um, in sweet and savory, I really like the tacos. It's a well-rounded dish and small. So it's like a good snack I would recommend. Um, people really love the eggless omelet. They're obsessed, um, which is a good thing, I feel like. Um, I think because, uh, one, most eggless omelets are made from, like, let's say, chickpea flour, which is really fattening. We make ours from lentil, so it's uh, a lot more tasty. And also we try to add, coming from the background that I am, we try to add a lot of spices to it that is still good for you, not harmful. And then the avocado and the house mayo really makes a difference. So that's a really um, good like bestseller and it's a great breakfast item. Um, yeah. What is your house mayo made from? Base is 
secret. Okay. No soy, no dairy, no sugar, no gluten. Well, thanks very much for doing this. We appreciate it. Yeah, we're gonna, thanks for we're having We're going to try out some stuff from the menu, I think. 